0: Welcome to The Rap Report with Andrew Rappaport, where we provide biblical interpretations and applications. This is a ministry of Striving for Eternity. For more content, or to request a speaker, or seminar for your church, go to
1: strivingforeternity.org. All right, get ready for a very, very quick hour today. The fellowship that I share with Brother Virgil Walker from Just Thinking is always sweet. We're going to be talking some stuff in, in a bit, but I'm going to tell you some things we want to talk about. We're going to be talking today about things like abortion and abortion ministry, which he's involved in. We're going to talk about, well, we're going to talk about Virginia. Have you guys noticed what's been going on in Virginia, New York? Let me tell you a little secret. There's a lot of folks have been very aware of what happened in New York. In New York, there, recently, there was a case where New York decided that they were going to push abortion to allow it to every stage of pregnancy. And that got so much news. You know something that didn't get any news that same day that got legalized in New York? That in New York, they now have made it illegal to try to convert any child that believes in homosexuality. In other words, if you dare read a Bible verse to a child who believes that he might be homosexual or she might be homosexual, you could be breaking the law. That's where it's going. We are going to be getting to a point where reading the Bible will become illegal, or at least reading certain passages of the Bible. And what you end up seeing in Virginia, though, Virginia had a governor who just wasn't strong enough on the issue of abortion. Even though they were taking a strong stance, he wasn't strong enough. And so they wanted to get him out and replace him with lieutenant governor, who is more intersectional, and they would have been a better person for liberal Democrats to have. And what happened? Well, he had more dirt on him. We're going to talk about this because there is an interesting thing going on in our country that we have to realize. This is not something for Christians that we can just ignore. This is not something that we can think is something that will not affect the Christian because politically, we see people getting into office and they're getting into office on an anti-Christian position. And just remember, folks, what someone gets in power with, they stay in power with. We have politicians that are getting into office on this radical pro-abortion, pro-murder stance on a pro-anything-against-Christianity stance. Guess what? They have to keep that going or they lose their power base. So this is the thing I want you guys to realize this is not something that we can sit there and say, well, you know let's there's some Christians dealing with that, but the other Christians want to just get along with the world and not have to deal with oh you know I might lose my job if I say something or i may I may lose my friends if I say something. The reality is, is that they 're coming after us. We have a government that will be coming after Christians. I firmly believe that history repeats itself. this is nothing new we 've seen this in at other times. And this is going to be what's going to happen with the Christians. This won't be the Jews this time, folks. It's going to be us. So we have to be prepared. And one of the things I'm going to tell you on how to be prepared is a conference that's going to be coming up in March. Let me play a commercial for that. And I'm going to tell you after the commercial why that might help prepare you. So many Christians struggle
0: with suffering,
1: and yet they do it alone because most of us are too ashamed to let others know that we're struggling. We struggle alone because we think that there's something wrong. As Christians, we shouldn't be struggling at all. We should just have the answers, and yet that's not the case. There's many of us who struggle, whether it be within our marriage, whether it be with our children, whether it
2: be with physical ailments.
1: I want to let you know of a conference coming to Freehold, New Jersey to help with this. It is called the Sanctification Through Suffering Conference. It is going to be held at Chinese American Bible Church in Freehold, New Jersey. You can get all the information and the speakers. The speakers will be Justin Peters, who if you know him, you know he struggles physically, Frank Mullis, Colleen Sharp, and Joe Suazo. And we will have this conference. You can get all the details and register at strivingforeternity.org slash conference on suffering. Get all the details, and I hope to see you there. And so what's different with that conference is Pastor Mullis has, has added a topic he's going to be doing that isn't on the website yet, but he's going to be doing a topic on basically dealing with the suffering of persecution, basically how to prepare for things like that. So looking forward to that. Many people do struggle with different issues, and uh, we're going to be trying to help people in that. So I want to welcome to the show here early on than I usually. I wanted to do a much shorter monologue because I really think that we're going to have a lot of good interaction between Brother Virgil and I. So for folks who don't know, he is from the Just Thinking podcast, which was named the 2018 Podcast of the Year. And they actually had not one, but two episodes that got named in the the top podcasts episodes so there these are this is one of the half of the award-winning team (laughs) over at just thinking so virgil welcome
2: bro that 's quite that 's quite an intro and quite a quite a welcome man it 's an honor to be with you and to have a chance to talk with you uh, live on your show i know we 've been trying to do this for for quite a while man kind of back and forth i i I kind of began to look back into some notes man we 've been trying to make this happen for almost a year almost a year just back and forth from 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 the previous g three kind of inbox back and forth man it's it 's a pleasure to be with you high honor to get the uh the, the, the award and uh, Daryl and I, and uh, you know, we're, we're really excited to talk with him a bit about it. And uh, we, we're excited. And I'm honored to be a part of his team and, and to, uh, to, to be with just thinking and to hang out with, uh, with the folks from the bar, bar podcast networks. So uh, it's, it's all love, man. And ab- absolutely honored to be here with you. So glad, glad we're finally doing this.
1: Don't well, tell Dwayne this, but I actually think he's a great guy. Don't, don't let him know that. Just- <laughs> you know, we we don't want him to get a big head, but he, the guys at the bar are just great. And, and Dwayne's Dwayne's, he is, he is such a great guy.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But you and Daryl just knock it out of the park. Like every episode. Oh brother. It's, it, it it takes a lot to prepare, uh, to just to hang with Daryl. And, uh, he, he definitely does the heavy lifting and, uh, but man, I, I enjoy kind of getting in there and sparring with them and uh, talking about different topics and subjects that he's interested in and that we we walk through and again the whole show is based upon the the blog that he writes uh just thinking uh for myself and uh you know when I met him, I actually met him, dwayne actually hooked us up uh met daryl uh, I heard a an interview. That Dwayne did with Daryl and uh, as I listened to it there uh, this was one of the first times I've ever listened to um, to Dwayne do an interview where there were so many more questions that I wanted to ask from a standpoint of just being interested in in, in the guy and so Dwayne kind of let me do a do a round two so I, I got with with Daryl and we got to talking and just kind of the chemistry was really there uh, we had a really free flow Dwayne had always said, "Hey, you guys kind of think alike. You're kind of wired the same. This is a this is you know this might be a good thing." So my my initial connection with Daryl was just to simply tell him, Hey, I thought that he was you know the the writing that he did, uh, and and kind of the way he, th- he thought uh, he should he should have a podcast. And if there was anything that I could do uh, to to be a help to that, that I would be happy to do that." So that's really kind of kind of the whole story behind how how we hooked up, but, uh, but I definitely intended to play kind of Robin to his Batman and, uh, he's, he's, uh, he's doing some great work. It's a joy to be, be connected with them. So,
1: well, actually no one who listens to the podcast actually knows who you are. Cause you're just referred to as Omaha.
2: Right, right, <laughs> <laughs> right. And that, that was, what was funny was, uh, when we were at G3, uh, man, I, I remember standing in a, in a line about to get some coffee, uh, and, and I, you know, ordered coffee in the morning uh, someone recognized my voice, didn't know my face, but recognized my voice and said, You're Omaha. And I went, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a my name's Virgil, but yeah, I go by Omaha now. So <laughs> it was all good. Well, the, the
1: thing I love about the show is you, Daryl's not up on times because this is the sound we always hear.
2: Right. <laughs> okay. You, you don't hear that on my show because I use Lagos, but <laughs> right, right. me too. Me too. Like, I'm, I've either got that or my, my, you know, my iPad and I'm kind of clicking through and there's like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to turn pages on this show. We're going to turn pages on this show. Well,
1: now that he's a Dean, he's going to have to get, you know, up on the Logos and stuff. Just saying. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely.
1: So it, folks, if you don't listen to just thinking, you don't know what you're missing. I'm Just telling you that right now, you want to go and make sure you subscribe to that. But I do want to talk to you, Virgil, about some stuff that you do. You have some ministry you do. You are a pastor. So let's first talk about that. And then I want to talk about the abortion ministry that you do. Just for folks who
2: may not know who you are, who don't listen to Just Thinking, can you give us a quick update on who you are? Yeah, yeah. Virgil Walker. um, I I serve uh, as a a discipleship pastor, assistant associate pastor here uh, in Omaha at Westside Church. Uh, Love what I get to do on a daily basis, just helping people grow in their walk with Christ, being disciples of him. Um, I am the husband of Tamika Walker. Uh, We've been married, gosh, 23 years, 24 years, um, I better get that right. Cause she's going to hear this and be like, you said what, but uh... <laughs> uh, my, my, my oldest daughter, uh, princess is uh, 20 years old. Um, my son, uh, Princeton is 16 about to be 17. Uh, and then my youngest son price is 14. And so, uh, we, we enjoy life here in Omaha and, uh, uh, quite a bit of a background from military to, you know, crazy Charismania days to uh, where we are now at a, at a Southern Baptist church. So,
1: And folks, you can see that he's a preacher just in the way he's named his children.
2: They're all literated. <laughs> they all start with the letter P. Letter P, absolutely. He's absolutely.
1: obviously a good Baptist preacher. You
2: know? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I try I try to do my best. I try to do my
1: right, best. A good, a good Baptist preacher, three points, literated. With a conclusion. So have you got it. three children. They're all literated. So you got it. Yep, I got it.
2: We're good to go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you do a lot with abortion ministry, something that uh, I've got involved with as well. Mm-hmm. But you are very active in that. So I want to I talk about that. Why do you go out to abortion clinics? What do you do?
2: So for folks who aren't familiar with abortion ministry, but what do you do and why do you do it? Yeah, well, it was a while back um, i got i got connected uh really i'll be honest with you I, through through watching video on youtube uh man the Lord used that videos to to prick my heart about the issue began to do my own research uh, about the issue and uh just began to re- to realize man that that uh here's an opportunity uh for us to be salt and light in an incredibly dark place and so uh kind of just you know out of out of that kind of compassion um god stirred my heart i I just began showing up at our local Planned Parenthood. I wanted to just be out there. There's not a there's not a textbook for how to go about this or what to do. So you know, spend a lot of time watching guys whom I respect. Um, you know, do 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 that kind of ministry. Began building that here myself. I would take my young daughter out at the time, and uh, we would just go and and try to be again salt and light, sharing the message of the gospel in the hopes to to see souls saved to see folks come to Christ. Our goal was to take the gospel and bring it into conflict uh, on the issue of abortion. And so um, that was our focus. We did that. I mean, I've been doing that now for uh, seven, six, seven years, somewhere in there.
1: Well, okay. Well, now at least you're a little bit safe that you weren't exactly sure the date for your wife. So we see, we see it's as a trend. It's a trend. Just like you know. Right. Hey, baby, you know, I just, I can't remember dates, you know, <laughs>
2: Good save good looking out good looking out on that one good looking out but no I uh, we, we've been we've been at it for for a bit I think early on when I first started Andrew I, I uh, you know we were out every every Saturday every opportunity that we could be um, the largest most active abortion clinic in our area uh, is one with, um, with 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 with, with late term uh, abortionists um that are, that are here that are involved and so we we began to kind of go out uh, out in that space and and really kind of see a lot of a lot of ac- activity uh Leroy Carhart uh, is the is the uh, late abortion late term abortionist name he not only uh, offices here he had uh, one out in out in Maryland uh, where he could do late term abortion and so um, Germantown Maryland was where he would go to do his late term abortion work so stayed involved in that I uh, would love to say that man i 'm there you know every every week that's not the case. I try now just based upon my ministry responsibilities and other things to at least be out once a month so I try to get out uh, once a month either either you know at one of the abortion clinics or uh, a focus time of, of just prayer if I can't be out there that month or something along those lines. But I'm, I'm there heavily involved and wanting to make sure that others who have the heart that, that, that I do about the issue know that, you know, I'm a guy who'd be happy to take them into that space and, and help them walk that out. So and, and not
1: that I want to get into this too much, but you and I both have been kind of involved with some groups that are very much trying to put an end to abortion, but they really distract from the church. They pull people out of church. hmm do you see problems with people who are really making an idol almost
2: of this one issue? Yeah, I do. I do. I, I, you see it. You see kind of some of these guys and, and uh, who, who've done kind of what I did. They, they saw something on YouTube. Maybe they saw a video on YouTube. They get, hyped up. And what their thought is, is that they can be a YouTube video star. And so they get all the equipment, they get the GoPro, they get all of, all of the stuff. Um, and in an effort to be kind of, kind of shock and awe, uh, they show up at these, at these abortion clinics and just wreck havoc, whether, whether it's an individual who maybe has an, an aberrant theological idea about, about things or, uh, it 's someone who's connected to to, to a particular group um, that 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 maybe has 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 heightened the issue of abortion and elevated it to you know central to the gospel um, and, uh, and and have made an idol out of it so whether they 're trying to be a YouTube star or or a, you know the issue of abortion is indeed the gospel you you see that out there uh, in addition you you also see folks who who do love God and who do uh, understand that that what we're out there to do is is to is to really be a reflection of loving God and loving neighbor as as ourselves. And so, um, that that we're we're at a place where we're trying to bring the light of the gospel uh, into conflict with what's happening, um, and and to be and, and to be a rescuer uh, rather than a warrior uh, in those spaces and places. And so that's kind of that's kind of the thought process that you definitely need to walk into that with.
1: Yeah, I mean, the goal that I have when I go out there is really to address the issue of salvation. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's the gospel that's going to be the solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. That mother who is going to kill her child, Mm -hmm. she needs the gospel. Um, We want to see a life saved physically as well, Mm -hmm. but it's the soul that needs to get saved. And I'm out there with the you know, you'll see the Roman Catholics out there and they're just doing the rosary. Yep. They need the gospel too. Yes, they do. <laughs> they get very upset when you share it with them because like, oh, we're on the same side. No, no, we're not. No, yeah. we're not on the same side because you have a works-based salvation and not a grace-based salvation. So they they get upset when you share the gospel with them, but they, they need it. it. It is a thing where we're not all on the same side. And even when you have people that come out to the, the do the abortion work, they're are people who I think do need to, we have to be careful of, because even though they may seem like they're like-minded, they, they really do distract, you know, there's groups that go and and, and focus, as you mentioned, I mean, make, make abortion ministry the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ending abortion is an important Thing for Christians to do, not because we want to be against the culture. It's because this is about saving a person's life. Mm -hmm. We're against all murder. It doesn't matter the age of the person being murdered. We're against all murder. Mm -hmm. I I I tweeted out uh, this week. Son, I saw that was just I thought really pictures what how this culture has changed because the same leftists. It's a picture of the leftists in the '60s, and it says the people who once called our soldiers baby killers and then it has a second picture of the marches today for abortion keep abortion legal says and it says now march for the right to kill babies yeah and it's yeah. the same leftists that were calling soldiers
2: baby killers and and now they want the right to kill babies mhm mhm it, it it's becoming it's becoming an, an an idol right I, Andrew, i'm 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 curious for you man being in the spaces and places where you are um with regard to this particular issue i, I i'm wondering what do you What do you see in those spaces are you Are you running into folks who kind of have the same thought process um you know where they're where they're elevating um the the message of abortion above the gospel and and actually how 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 are you handling that? How do you navigate that well
1: i okay so i I do know the, the big there's a big group that they do they they have told me that if you are not going to abortion clinics, they question your salvation right. Right. They will go outside of churches and protest the churches and LL if if you're not going out to I don't see you at the clinic. Mm-hmm. Why if you're not at the clinic, you know, your church isn't doing enough. You're not really a church. And so they've they've made it about that. You take a look, First Corinthians chapter twelve. We all have different gifts. We are not to all be the eye or the ear or the nose. If we we're all the eye, where would the hearing be? That's Paul's argument. Mm-hmm. God gifts every one of us in the church differently so that all of us in the church can serve the church. Yeah. So there's going to be some people who are very passionate about trying to go out to abortion clinics to save children's lives, to convert mothers, uh, convert nurses, convert abortionists. Mm-hmm. There's going to be others who are very concerned about human trafficking. Yeah, That's a big issue. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge issue because that one, I'm sorry. You know why human trafficking is not getting the attention politically? Because all those politicians are partaking it. Mm-hmm. They, if, if they go and they speak out against human trafficking, you know, could you picture Bill Clinton being, you know, speaking against human trafficking? And then you have that woman who was, who has had been kidnapped and was on that, that island where she was a sex slave mm-hmm. and Bill Clinton would visit her often. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, you know, there's a clear reason why, right? right <laughs> but, but everybody should be th- this is the this is the hard thing, and I think a lot of people don't understand this this is the hard thing for a pastor. When I was pastoring a church, I had people who were had different ministries they thought should be the central focus right, of the right. whole church, right, Andrew, right, right, right we should be involved in prison ministry. Someone else, we should be We should be doing evangelism, like everybody should be doing evangelism. Right. Someone else being, well, everybody should be t- being taught creation science. And, and <laughs> right. the right. pastor has to deal with all these people that have the, the, whatever their ministry, their parachurch ministry that they've really gotten tied up with and they want the whole church backing it. And the pastor tries to mediate these things. You need all of it. We do need people who have a heart for going into prisons and reaching these prisoners and sharing the gospel with them and trying to to share the gospel with their families that's needed but not everyone's going to do that and not everyone has that passion just like not everyone's going to have the the giftedness to be a teacher or an administrator or have mercy or have exhortation or have you know service or generosity all of these gifts we have them we're, you know, it's here's an interesting thing with the gifts. When you go through that passage in Romans and that passage, 12, you look at exhortation. We are commanded to exhort, but some of us are gifted for it. Teaching, we're all commanded to teach, but some of us are gifted for it. Yeah, We're all commanded to show mercy, but some of us are gifted for it. So when you look at those gifts, we're all commanded to do them, but some of us have a gifting, so it's going to come more natural. I think the same thing goes on with these different ministries. I think that some of what we've seen is that people have tied into Parachurch ministries mm-hmm. and support them more than their local church. So instead of seeing the church as the arm for discipling and right. training and right. Christian life, what we see is people that are going, Well, I, I'm a fan, and I'm, I'll mention ministries and I'm nothing wrong with them, but some people, it's like Anson and Genesis, great ministry, but not everyone's going to be promoting that ministry because not everyone's going to want to talk about creation science. Way of the Master, great ministry, but I've seen so many guys that come into a church and it's like, you have to do open air preaching and you have to do way of the master. And if not, you're soft on evangelism.
2: Absolutely. And Absolutely. we see the same
1: thing with guys that do abortion ministry. It's like, if you're not doing this, if you're not at the abortion clinics every week, you're soft on abortion.
2: Yeah. That's one of the things that I try to do with regard to creating a balance. And that is recognize that the, that the role of a pastor is is definitely to equipping the saints for the work of ministry for the purpose of building up the body of christ until we attain the fullness right and the unity of the faith and when i think about the reality of that my goal is not to tell everyone what quote-unquote ministry that they need to be involved in uh it's it's to equip them with the knowledge of the gospel with 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 information with with uh, exhortation right that they're that they're equipped based upon the Word of God so that they can go out and do whatever work God has called them to um, I want to provide a platform so that they know hey if you're interested in doing something you're welcome to do it but I, what I do because you had asked earlier you know kind of how how and why I got into it I got into it out of a out of a just a sheer compassion for the issue and and I believe God kind of pricked my heart to to walk into that space and so I, that's kind of what I do. I don't consider it a, a, a part of the role that I have at the church. I consider it the what I do as a believer uh, in God, who 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 God has has motivated me, has pricked my heart to want to go and and do. That kind of that kind of thing. I don't think it's necessarily for everyone. One of the things that I realize in the the role that I have is that it's important to recognize the whole role that we have is to equip the saints. The role as a pastor is to equip the saints for works of ministry, and that that's that's something I think gets lost when you have a a, a zealous uh, parishioner, a zealous person coming in and believing that the whole focus of the church should be attached to some. Parachurch ministry or some ministry that they've deemed important enough for us all to be engaged in. You see this often, Um, and it's. I think it's the problem for the most part is we have kind of a warped ecclesiology. We we don't really have a a real good uh, idea categories for the role and function of of the church, of pastors, teachers, preachers who are who are to equip the saints for those kinds of works. And so, rather than believing that the whole church body is to be engaged in the one ministry that, that you've gotten excited about, I think it's important to recognize, man, you need to be excited about that. God has definitely placed that as a burden on your heart, and you need to come to the church for the purpose of being equipped to go engage in that ministry. And so that's kind of what I do. I, I, not only do I do you know, things with, abor- with the abortion clinic, but I'm also involved in jail ministry. I do some, some street evangelism. And the like and so I just I make I post that stuff in social media for the purpose of letting others know that i'm a I'm attached to it. So if you want to go do something like that, uh, you know let's go do it. It's not a part of the role that I have at the church. This is Virgil, you know, uh, follower of Christ who God's you know, you know, pricked my heart to go do uh what it is i'm doing and so that's that's kind of how that's kind of how i see it okay after after
1: this break what i want to do is i want to talk about what went on in virginia some insights i think that you and i both were were chatting about before we started recording i think there's a lot there both with abortion and and broader aspects that we could get into so let's talk about that after this
3: two 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 great books and one website. Visit strivingforeternity.org. There are two books that I would like to recommend you purchase. What they, meaning people who aren't Christians, other religions believe, and what we believe. Systematic Theology Made Simple. Both are great resources, especially if you plan on witnessing to somebody. Strivingforeternity.org.
0: Would you consider donating to Striving for Eternity? This ministry is one that tries to reach out to some of those smaller churches that most people, most speakers, want to avoid. But by our monthly donors, it allows us to get into smaller churches and provide for them the seminars and conferences that usually only larger churches can do. We can do that because we have monthly supporters. ...who on a regular basis support us so we could support others. Would you consider being one of our monthly supporters today? You can go to strivingforeternity.org slash donate and set up for a monthly donation today. Your donation helps us to be able to spread the gospel around the world. To be able to disciple others and to provide resources... For churches and people who are struggling to grow deeper in God's Word. Consider donating today at strivingforeternity.org slash donate.
1: And we thank you very much for your consideration. And one of the things that we are doing is we're extending what we offer down at G3. So folks who donate to dollars a month. Just $2, you will get a free copy of What Do We Believe. If you choose to give a little bit more, $5, we are going to send to you two books, What Do We Believe and What Do They Believe. If you choose to support a little bit more and go with $10 a month, we will ship to you three books, the first two we mentioned and also the book on the origin of kinds by Dr. Savestro. If you decide to go with the $20 level, we're going to send you four books, the three mentioned and also the book Sharing the Good News with Mormons. We're doing that. It'll take a few months, a couple months to get those out and to you. But basically, if you could do that at that website, you could do it at our Patreon, whichever you choose, whether you do go through PayPal or Patreon, we're going to honor that. We decided to extend that. Because we're trying to promote the Christian podcast community that we're developing. Here's a crazy idea we have. And I know, Virgil, you're familiar with this because you were down at G3. And mm-hmm. folks that don't know, Virgil actually tried. He tried to get my wife and I to take a break. <laughs> I tried, man. I tried. <laughs> you realize I, I just, I don't stop.
2: I <laughs> No, you do not. <laughs> I tried. I tried with everything I had. I was like, "Man, please get out of here, please." I, I, I promise you, I'll, I'll, I'll hold the fort down. I'll do everything needed to be done just for you to get a break. You, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it.
1: Yeah, that's the way my wife and I are. <laughs> but, but you know, so we want to do. Here's a crazy idea that we came up with. We know that there's so many churches that support missionaries and missionary boards and things, and so few people actually talk to their missionaries. They missionaries will send these reports to a church and almost no one ever reads those things. They, they print them out, put them on a table, and they're tossed the next week. What we're looking to do, if we can get $25 a month, what that would cover is us shipping out the equipment needed for podcasting and all the hosting feeds for a missionary to create a podcast so that they can communicate better with their host church wow. so that now the church knows what's going on because they could just listen to the podcast and the church now can just promote that podcast for each of their missionaries When that missionary gets to town guess what everybody's going to know the stories they're going to know when they when that missionary puts up the pictures oh here's jamal well everyone already knows how jamal got saved they listened on the podcast when they, told it, they know how he's doing, now they could put the picture with the name that they've been hearing about. This is a crazy idea we have, and we need the support to do it because missionaries, they can't come up with that money. So we're trying to raise $25 a month per missionary. For every $25 support that we get, we're going to be trying to get a new missionary on board so that they can get better relations with their supporting churches. So that's some of the ways that we're trying to use the, the donations that come into us. The more you give us, the more we give away. It's kind of like how we do it. Let's talk, Virgil, about the Virginia governor, Ralph Northam. He got himself in a little trouble. He wasn't supporting abortion enough. He, he didn't go far enough, it seemed. Got himself in trouble because of something that he
2: did in college. By the way, who has college yearbooks? Who has, co- I mean, me- medical school? Co- I mean, who has those anymore? Who, who, who poses for pictures for that anymore? Well, yeah, I, I, I mean, well. You, do you have one from your college? I mean, seriously. Think I about had it. one,
1: yes. Okay. Yeah, I had one. I guess an East Coast I, thing. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, I was in college a long time ago, but this was before the internet. Really. <laughs> so, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I, I granted, I, I, did enjoy my college yearbook because in my in my college yearbook, though, they didn't know it was me at the time. I used to be a mountain climber and we used to always have the fraternities would have to hang all our flags and they would allow us to come out this balcony and we'd hang the flags from there. Well, this one year they decided they weren't going to allow us to do that. So I grabbed my fraternity's flag, threw it over my shoulder. I scaled the wall <laughs> up to the balcony and someone grabbed a picture of me scaling the wall with my
2: with the flag over I can my shoulder. See you doing that, I can actually see you doing that.
1: Yeah. Once I once they realized I was outside the balcony, they opened the doors <laughs> to let me back in, and then everyone came up.
2: I can <laughs> so, actually see you doing that. Yeah.
1: This guy has a picture that's on his college yearbook, and he claims he's not either of these two people. There is a white person with a blo- a face that's blackened. And then another person with a KKK hat. Now, it's on his, on his page, right. but he says he's neither of those two people. He ended up saying that he did blacken his face at some point right. to, uh, to look like Michael Jackson. Right.
2: Right.
1: And there were people that were all over that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, for folks who may not know, you happen to have more melanin in your skin than I do. Mm-hmm. That would be what people call black or African American or whatever the the term that <laughs> we right. use now, right? Right? Because that keeps changing. Yeah. Help me understand because I, in one sense I really don't understand how the the if someone puts black on their face how that becomes offensive even if you're doing it. You know, we talked with that reporter who got
2: in trouble for just saying that it's okay to do that for Halloween. Megan Kelly, yeah. Megyn Kelly got fired, fired from fired from her her job, uh, mainly for for mentioning the fact that, you know, perhaps for, for fun during Halloween uh, that a, that a child dressing up, um, you know, like like their favorite uh, their favorite actress uh, or, or Diana Ross um, and and maybe coloring their face a little bit differently uh would not be problematic. Now since since that time we've had uh and and this issue that's come out on on um, on the on Virginia governor Ralph Northam, Northam um we've had Joy Bayhart post a picture of her uh as an as an african american woman i mean all of these people now are coming out of the woodwork uh so to speak to say that they've all kind of dabbled in this blackface to some degree um and that it's that it's now okay uh now it, it wasn't for megan kelly who got fired immediately uh from her job with ms with uh, with M- with nbc um and 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 then this governor who i think initially uh, was, was probably going to get fired. You know, it was, it was probably, now I, I recognize the history of, of blackface and the intent of it in, in film and in movies and, and the like, uh, in the past. But I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just, I, I think that the governor's portrayal, I, there's no, there's no um, I think there's there's with clarity, he's intending for it to be a, a negative thing. He, the, the, the person in blackface is standing next to someone in a in a KKK uh you know outfit uniform, so to speak. So there's obviously a, a, a you know, racial animus that's intended with, with that with that image. Um, at at the same time, I, you know, I these these other folks who are engaged in these 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 images, Megyn Kelly, these other folks, you know, their their thought process may be different. If I can be just honest with you, just between me, you, and the fence post, Andrew, I really don't care about this stuff uh, as a quote unquote black man. But again, I, I'm I'm one person. I don't represent the whole of of the black community. I, I, I could care. I think any time that you dress in this manner or take pictures in this manner, or I I think it says more about you uh, as an individual uh, than it ever does, uh, you know, cause me to have angst or to be, you know, uh, fearful or angry or upset uh, in any way, shape, or form. I recognize the the, the racial overtone that's intended. Uh, it doesn't matter to me. What mattered more to me with regard to this particular uh, issue, with regard to Ralph Northam, was the, was the fact that he advocated infanticide, um, that, that there was the idea that we could wait to, uh, until after a child was born to determine whether or not for the parents to then have a conversation to see if whether or not um, they wanted to keep the child. The fact that he stated that doubled down on that uh, in, on, on live radio, in my estimation, should have been grounds for his removal uh, altogether when compared to this other issue. And, and there were some Democrats that didn't think he went far
1: enough. Right. And there were some who thought that the reason they were bringing up this whole thing with this blackface picture was to get rid of him for the lieutenant governor who. They w- was going to be even more of a leftist, and then they found out he uh, he had been sexually assaulting a woman, and they knew about it, mm-hmm. and the media covered it up. I mean, you you look at the whole thing with Brett Kavanaugh, and people are saying, "Hey, what's the difference here?" And and what I noticed in both of that, the lieutenant governor and the governor, I see a hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. I mean, these same people that are saying that this. Ralph Northam is somehow wrong for for a picture where he's where he doesn't he denies that he's even in the picture, but it's on his yearbook page Mm -hmm. where it's the blackface and the KKK. And these Democrats are saying how that's so that's so wrong, and yet this is the party of the KKK.
2: (laughs) Right, right, right. Right. I mean,
1: the hypocrisy of here's the party that actually was the KKK. We had Senator Byrd who was a Klansman.
2: Right. From West Virginia. Right. From
1: West Virginia. Right. And he was hailed as big. I mean, there's there's there are more roads and buildings and things named after Senator Byrd uh-huh. than any other senator. Uh-huh. And he was a Klansman. Right. This is the hypocrisy I see. I, I mean, I ended up I ended up saying this. If, if Ralph Northam has to resign and apologize for what he did, then when are all the Democrats going to resign for not apologizing for being the party of the KKK? Right,
2: right. Absolutely. When you when you think about the hypocrisy, it's 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 astounding. I was reading an article about this particular issue and it looks, you know, to the point you made. Which was the the, they thought they had an intersectionality candidate uh, that that could that could easily step into that into that role uh, with the with the lieutenant governor just kind of kind of in the wings, um, you know, hoping that he would be able to kind of step in the uh, uh, lieutenant governor Justin Fairfax uh, would be able to step in when they recognized all of his kind of baggage and background. They kind of passed on on that idea altogether, thinking, you know what, this is not this is not the way we want to go. This is kind of how we. And, and, and again, the, the hypocrisy begins to roll, whether it's the issue of Brett Kavanaugh, when women were to be believed, the Me Too movement, believe women was kind of the push. Um, we're going to we're going to kind of slow down and perhaps investigate this and kind of see what happens with this with the with the governor ralph northam you know well we're not we're not sure you know we need to kind of pause for the cause and a bit where where others are taken completely out whether it's a megan kelly whether it's someone else who they feel like may have have racial overtones to their background we're going to pause for a moment and kind of kind of take a look i thought what was even more interesting was the article that I read that looked at what the penance is going to be for uh, for Governor Northam, which is I think they're they're going to they're going to make sure that he reads Alex Haley's book Roots, and and that in addition to reading Alex Haley's book Roots, he was going to be a kind of a soldier for the for the Black Cause, whatever that is supposed to be.
1: The relation between. Brett Kavanaugh and this lieutenant governor is so interesting because here you have a lieutenant governor who they knew, the media knew about the allegations mm-hmm. and chose to say nothing. Where in the case with, with uh, Brett Kavanaugh, as we now know, now that we have more of the facts, we now know the FBI did do an investigation. The FBI did have a person who did admit to being that person that had sexually assaulted Ford. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. So there was and people had said there was something that happened to her, but the evidence didn't look like it pointed to Kavanaugh. Mm -hmm. So here you have all these Democrats who now had read the FBI report and were still pushing to get Kavanaugh removed Mm -hmm. or put off after they knew that the allegations weren't true. Right. But, hey, it's it's about the The idea this that counts more the fact that we can ruin his life, and I look when it comes to politics here i i I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. I know I think this is terrorism mm. it really is it is it is a group of people who are making everybody so afraid. Do you think any conservative ever wants to be a supreme Court justice? No, I mean, no one wants to put their family through that. Mm-mm. You see now that conservatives are afraid to to say what they believe it is like As Christians, we're going to be afraid. We're not going to be allowed to say what we believe. Like, hey, look, you believe homosexuality is fine. Well, I don't. Right. We can't even have that discussion anymore. No,
2: no. We
1: We can't discuss whether it's a sin or not. It's just you must accept their way of thinking or you will be, you'll be fired. You'll be blackballed. You'll be, that might be racist. I may not be able to say that. Um, You're going to be in trouble somehow. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you do. You're going to be have to be punished if you go against this fringe group, this leftist group that wants to say they dictate for the entire country.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I used to, I used to say that that the the, the LGBTQ agenda is a a, a, a religion. Um, it, it's it's worse than any any religion that that, uh, that that I've witnessed in years. I mean, the 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 advocacy for, for wanting to take any, really what we're dealing with is a group, an organization that a group of, of, of individuals who kind of make up this, this block that, that are thought police. Uh, they want to, they want to be the arbiters of what and how people think. Um, and, and when that's, when that's at play, I think we're in, we're I think, I think we're in dangerous ground. I really do.
1: Well, this, this really is the book 1984. Mm-hmm. It really is. You have people who, with their, their new speak, where we just change the words. We're changing history. And, and I think when you go back to a guy's 30, 40 years in some of these cases, and you want to judge people on what they said and did. I, I think of that, the comedian who was going to speak at uh, the Oscars or whatever, and th- they went back nine years to something he said nine years ago that he's already apologized for. And he's, He's being held to today's standard and today's views for something he believed or stated back then.
2: And yeah, that's Kevin Hart, yeah.
1: I think the reason they went after Kevin Hart was because he had the audacity to stand up to them. Yeah. The audacity to say, no, I'm not going to apologize for this again. I've already apologized for it. There's no need for that. And he, he had the audacity to say no to them. And that's why I think they went vicious on him. Yeah. And turned on him is because I think this this is a, a, a an ideology that can't be told no. They are that intolerant
2: yeah. that they cannot accept anybody else's view. Totally agree. I you know I I was saddened to see him eventually back down again. I'm I'm uh, I'm, I'm just I'm for freedom of thought. I'm for freedom of speech. I'm for, I'm in favor of whether I whether I agree or disagree with with the speech. In question. I, th- I think we, we used to be in America. We used to be about those things. We used to be in favor of those kinds of things. And what we're now seeing is that uh, the, the culture has shifted to such a degree that we, we, we basically with the uh, LGBTQ kind of agenda agenda. Um, we're looking at thought police, you know, you, you can't so much as think the idea, um, you know, Mike Pence's, uh, wife, uh, who's, you know, been with the school system for years prior to him becoming the vice president goes back to work, uh, for that school system. And, and she's ostracized as, as kind of a cast out. Uh, now, now you have those who are advocating the LGBT movement. Uh, who are saying that it's Mike Pence who needs to be removed for his wife exercising her freedom of choice and who she goes and works for. I mean, it's that kind of thing that's happening time and time again that causes you pause. But again, none of this, the, the thing that I try to tell you know, believers um, is that none of this should catch us by surprise. This is, this is exactly what is supposed to happen when you have a culture that has suppressed the truth of God in unrighteousness, in an effort to embrace sin uh, and 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 try to try to thwart, uh, you know, God. So that that that's, I mean, we're we're looking at a Romans one eighteen, uh, in in live and in color and, and very upfront uh, on our computer screens on a daily basis. You're absolutely right, and th- and this is the thing you end up seeing that. We do
1: not allow freedom of speech really anymore. I, I used to go on college campuses all the time, get invited in for interfaith dialogues. We, we used to sit there and I'd have a Muslim there. We'd have a, a Jewish person. I would represent Christianity. And I, I didn't have a problem saying to, the, to a Muslim, I had many debates with, with Muslims and imams, and I'd have no problem saying, I believe that what the Bible makes clear is that you, if you don't change your belief You're destined to hell. And he said, and he, I'd have him say, and I believe that from the Quran, you're destined to hell. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. But we can't even have that discussion anymore. No. Because now it's like, no, no, you have to, you have to toe the line. It's like a group of people that used to argue that they were forced into a closet and they just wanted to come out of the closet and they would keep it in their own bedrooms. You shouldn't have any say on what they do in their bedrooms. Now they 're out of the closet, but that 's not enough. Now they want us to not only celebrate what they do, but they want to shove us into the church. Absolutely. in other words, we 're not supposed to say anything outside of those four walls of the church building. We have right. to keep it to there right.
2: we, right. we shouldn 't have our opinions in public and, and and sadly, many christians as you as you well know, are very comfortable. With that stance, I mean many many Christians are very very comfortable with you know what I will I'll, I'll kowtow I 'll go ahead and make sure that I keep my thoughts uh, to to myself you had the the situation I know you're you're familiar with it with Grand Canyon University a, a Christian institution a Christian school uh, uh, that decided they would not have Ben Shapiro come speak uh, and the reason for this was because they really didn't want to create any division. They, they appealed to the idea that it was more important for them to maintain unity on the campus than to bring a Jewish speaker who aligns himself with Judeo-Christian values onto their Christian school campus. So we, we, we've got, so now we've kind of flipped the script where, where even believers, uh, even those who claim to be Christian, are willing to keep their Christianity Tightly, you know, a tight lid on it, so as not to wave any any flag of attention by the rest of the culture. And
1: so, you know, this is something that's not new with us. You you see people that want to try to, as Christians, kind of fit in, not ruffle feathers. Mm -hmm. Look, this is Galatians chapter two, verse eleven. This is Paul. Paul says, "But when Cephas, that's Peter, when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned for." Before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. He he was afraid. Peter was afraid. He had no problem eating with the Gentiles. There was no issue there. But in Judaism, Jews and Gentiles do not associate. You don't enter a Gentile home. None of that. It, It would make you unclean. So here's Peter. He's sitting there with the Gentiles having no problem sharing a meal with them until these people come from James. And now all of a sudden he's feeling uh, there's a little pressure here. Um, It'd be easier for me just to not eat with the Gentiles. And Paul confronts him to his face. Why? Because what he's doing inadvertently softening the message of the gospel to the Gentiles,
2: mm-hmm.
1: because they're saying, oh, there is that wall of separation that we were told that wasn't there, that was taken down at, at the cross. But now, no, it seems like it's back up with Peter. Right. And he opposed him, and he was right to oppose him. It's a frustrating thing. We, we, we can see this history repeated over and over and over again, and yet it's like it's right in front of us. Being raised Jewish, I always had to sit through all the teachings in Hebrew school of the, of the Holocaust and... One of the things that always blew me away was one of the things with the Germans, why they refused to believe that the Nazis were killing Jews, that they were what was going on in these concentration camps. The reason they gave for over and over again was we're too civilized for that. Mm. And that's exactly what we're hearing today. We're, we're, we're more civilized. That can't happen with us. We're too civilized. But it's the same thing happening over, you know. I think that there, the thing that happened with the Jews in Germany was there were, there were too many people that wanted to get along. They right. thought if they just get along with the state, right. the state wouldn't come after them. And there's a lot of those that profess to be Christians that are doing the same thing, just like like Cephas with the Gentiles. If I just kind of pull away you know, from the Gentiles, it's easier. There's less issues there. Maybe I can avoid some of the, the difficulties I'd have to deal with with the, those Jews. those circumcised party. Well, all of a sudden he gets confronted and rightly, why? Because this is the same thing we have today. We have a bunch of Christians who are trying to, how can I soft pedal this? How can I, I would have loved to deal with the head of the SBC did his, that sermon. I, and I've, uh, J.D. Greer did a sermon, and yeah. I forget the title of it, recently on homosexuality. He was yes. dealing with Romans one, the very passage you just read, right, or referred to. That, yeah, and he's trying to soft pedal homosexuality, mm-hmm. and it's now there's a lot of what he said that's right. Right. In that, I mean, look, sin is sin, mm-hmm. and it, I don't believe that homosexuality is like the worst sin in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I would say. You know, murder's probably up there a little bit more. Murder of a child, maybe even more. I mean, there are different degrees. There are different punishments that we have, not just culturally, but God has different degrees of punishment. The thing is, is that what what I end up seeing here is that He ends up trying to soft pedal to to say, "Look, we sh- I I teach we should as Christians. We should be showing love to people who practice homosexuality.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We should. So that we can share the gospel with them. I have, I have had friends who practice homosexuality. I have no problem with that, with being friends with them because I want to share the gospel with them. I don't soft pedal that. They know exactly where I stand and I know exactly where they stand. We disagree and we would talk about it. But what I've noticed is over the time they've pulled away. They can't be friends with me anymore because the culture is saying, no, it's, you're either all on board with, with their side or not
2: right right yeah it's it's a leveling i mean that it kind of kind of speaking to that uh that sermon it's a, it's a leveling of all sin and, and and a lot of christians do this you know you would hope that that someone who's um who's doing teaching um you know to to as many people um as a as a jd greer would 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 know the difference uh in the you know from a standpoint of leveling all sin as as equal um, without recognizing the category that that though though sin is equal in its uh, in, in that it all sin separates us from God that there are sins that are more egregious from a standpoint of their penalty uh, than than others and and Scripture is clear about that so
1: yeah yeah you know and, and we're talking with some of the cultural issues here with the the, the homosexuality we see transgenderism something that might my wife came up, thought about thinking about, you know, because there's so much of the, the LG, PBQ, whatever other letters they add onto it, movement. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they end up trying to argue that this is the new racism. I mean, that they're suffering the same issue of that race well, and race. You can't change. Right. Right. I mean, you can't, well, I guess, okay. Michael Jackson tried to change the color of his skin. <laughs> it didn't work well for him,
2: but you know, you're going to get in trouble for that one, man. You're gonna get- well, and then we have, the, we
1: have the, the, white, the white woman who is the head of the NAACP, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she tried to make herself darker. Yeah. Right? But, but there's a big difference between that and, and, and something you practice. And, and they're going to say they, they have no control, but you can't change the, the color or the amount of melanin in your skin. Right. That's not something you're going to change. Right. But since they make that connection, it, it was real interesting because my wife was saying, if 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 painting your face, I mean, no matter what the intention is, if that's mockery, if that's wrong, th- then what about a guy that dresses as a girl or a girl that's pretending to be a guy? Mm-hmm. Right? It's it's, and I know I tweeted that out, and someone was like, "Oh, you're 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 showing your bigotry. There's no, that's disingenuous. These aren't the same. They make it the same. Right. They're the ones that are linking it together. So if they're linking racism with this transgenderism and, and and homosexuality and all that then isn't this then fair to say that if you're mocking one if, if you're pretending to be something you're not then it's and it's mockery and wrong then if you're a guy or girl that's pretending or thinking you're something you're not wouldn't that that logic then fit the same way just like the head of the naacp yeah. who was white
2: right but changed her appearance and and just said, well, she identifies right as being black. There's no, there, I mean, it, it the in my estimation, there's no difference between someone who's who's making a claim about gender and changing their appearance for that purpose, uh, and and then and Rachel Dolezal, uh, who was the the woman who was who posed as black, who was the the leader of the NAACP. There's no, there's absolutely no. No difference and and there's no logical line of of reasoning or argument that you can make that would have one the the, the male claiming to be a female and dressing as such uh, being any different than this woman who made a decision that uh, that she wanted to be uh, that she wanted to self identify as a different race I mean melanin or the color of one's skin is an easier transition or change than changing from male to female.
1: And the thing where I think if if you are a minority, if you are someone who, you know, you, you look at the, the, the women's sports right now, they're, they're, they're having a major issue because you have all these men who wouldn't be doing as well against men in men's sports are identifying as females and doing very well. Track, you know, you have this with wrestling, and you you end up having a, a big question. I mean, what is this going to do for the females that want the same rights to get full scholarships into college? Now they're competing against the men who identify as a woman, mm-hmm. or you end up having a woman, and this happened on a wrestling, a high school wrestling, a girl who who won state who was transitioning to as a guy. So she was allowed to take hormones that helped her. They enhanced her ability to wrestle, mm-hmm. but she's still wrestling the girls. Mm-hmm. So if she was just a girl, that sa- those same drugs would not be allowed. It would disqualify her. But because she's in transition, she was allowed. Well, it's like well, then have her wrestle the guys, right? Right. But but I think in the in the in these cases for minorities, I think you have you have things that we have scholarships for African Americans so that they can get into to college, have a, a better opportunity to get into get paid for college, so that their scholarships would would cover those costs. Well, if you have people who can just identify, you, you have this with the with the with the uh, oh, I forget her name, the one senator, the Democrat who says she was American Native American, and she got scholarships in college being Native American when she wasn't Native American. Well, there might be some Native American who didn't get that scholarship because she took it. See, this I end, I think that all this gray area that we end up having for the people who who legitimately should be getting scholarships they're not getting them because people like this are just saying, well, I identify this way. Therefore I should be able to take advantage of the system Mm -hmm. to benefit me.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. You're talking about Elizabeth, Elizabeth Warren uh, claiming to be native American for advantage uh, at, at, to be being looked upon favorably at her, at her um, uh, university at a university. So I, the other thing you were talking about earlier, the, the, uh, the female power lifters, it reminded me of the story from the, uh, young lady who is the uh, representative, uh, I believe the name is pronounced, Ilhan Omar. And uh, she's the one that is, I uh, believe, from Minnesota. Uh, she's asking a Minnesota Democrat attorney general, uh, Keith Ellison, to investigate the USA Powerlifting uh, Association for barring a male who is transitioning to female from a women's powerlifting competition i mean that's that that's that that craziness is where we are i mean that that kind of thing where we would have we would have we would have laughed i mean this this would have been a punchline of a joke somewhere like you know this is reality now for for where things are in our country and it just you just kind of you've got to shake your head and ask the question where did this craziness come from and and, and and it's it's almost as if Andrew, I mean, it's almost as if you wake up every day to see what the next crazier thing is going to be. Like, who can out crazy the next person? Well,
1: you know, we we could tell you where it came from, really, because it's just been it's in the last decade that all this has happened. And, And it really came from, I think, a lot of it. What I said in the beginning, right, when you get in power with, you stay in power with. And I think that Barack Obama got a lot of support from the homosexual movement. Mm-hmm. And he pushed that agenda, and he made it. W- it was clearly a goal he had to push it. And it, it, you know, an interesting thing people may not remember this. It was his first couple of days of office. He does an executive order, and he did an executive order to uh, to basically allow for government funding of research on s- fetal stem cells. Mm-hmm. Now, that had never been allowed before. He was claiming that he was going to turn back the, the Bush error doctrines. And it was interesting because it wasn't a Bush didn't create a law. Bush upheld what was always the law, you know. And it was very interesting because the, the big headline when, when Obama had written, had signed this executive order was the, the headline that he said, we will not allow faith to get in the way of science. Mm. And that was the big headline. But what got no fanfare is what he did the very next day. The very next day, he signed an executive order that undid the ex- that executive order that got all the fanfare. So there, so it is not legal to use government for the government to fund the fetal stem cells. But he, why why would he do that then? I think he did it because he wanted he wanted that headline that he was going to make science above faith. Mm. And that's that's what he got, you know, what pushed him into the the power position. And I think what ends up happening is when someone gets in there, they have to keep it going. And now you're going to see with all this intersexuality, it's it's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. It's it's just going to be crazy to see as people get into power what they're going to say next to keep this thing going, and it's going to be scary.
2: Yeah the the only the only good aspect of that is as as it gets more dark around us in the culture, light, light definitely turns up more brightly. And um, I, I'm I, the thing that, that I don't know, excites me is the right way. I, th- I think the thing, the thing that that'll be interesting, I think in the days to come will be to see um, the, 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 the light of true believers really shine forth in ways that, that we haven't seen because of the way the culture is turning.
1: Well, we're going to see, and th- this is what, I, what I anticipate is We're going to see what we see in countries like China and elsewhere, where, those Christians, the Joel Osteen Christians, those people that follow Joel Osteen and Benny Hinn and all those folks, mm-hmm. they're gonna be dropping out. I mean, when when it's when it's their their life on the line, when it's their jobs on the line, when it's their you know, their freedoms on the line, mm-hmm. they're gonna give that up. Yeah. And then you're gonna see the true Christians. And you're right. That's it is in the light of persecution that you have seen throughout history that christ shines absolutely because there the gospel becomes clear that it's not it's not this watered down jesus loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life that's not going to cut it Mm -mm. it's going to be that we are sinners in light of a holy god Mm -hmm. who is infinitely just and because he is so holy and so just he is going to punish all sin but he made a way of escape that he came and died on a cross, God himself became a man and died on a cross that we could be set free. Come on, man. That's what's going to be, that is going to be the message that's going to shine in light of all that we're seeing. Absolutely. Because that's the only message that's going to set people free from this. I was just in New York City this past weekend. I was doing some open air. And, and this is the thing, I'm I'm pleading with these people there as they're mocking and all this. It's like, you're sitting here living a life saying you're free because you can, you can carry on your sin. And all you're trying to do is cover up the guilt of your sin with your drugs and your alcohol and your sex and everything else because you can't stand the guilt of it. And the reason you have that guilt is because God exists. Absolutely. And put that there so you would repent. Absolutely. And turning to more sin will not remove the guilt. <laughs> you know, repentance, that's what's required. Mm. And so, yeah. All right, so, so let's do this. I, I, we'll do some closing comments, but after this uh, commercial, uh, we'll play a game, a spiritual transition game. All <laughs> the pressure's on me, none on you. So you get to, <laughs> get to relax, but uh, it'll it'll be fun. So let's uh, we'll do that right after this commercial.
3: The good news is, striving for eternity would love to come to your church to spend two days with your folks teaching them biblical hermeneutics. That's right, the art and science of interpreting Scripture. The bad news is somebody attending might be really upset to discover Jeremiah 2911 should not be their life verse. To learn more, go to strivingforeternity.org to host a Bible interpretation made easy seminar in your area.
0: Striving for Eternity is a Christ-centered ministry focused on equipping people for eternity. And they provide speakers and seminars that come to your church with expertise in theology, hermeneutics, world religions, creation science, evangelism, presuppositional apologetics, church history, and expertise in sexual abuse in the church. For details on their seminars and to request a speaker for your church, go to strivingforeternity.org. Striving to make today an eternal day for the glory of God.
1: Yeah, I think the reason is that we struggle so much in the church is because hermeneutics hasn't been taught. People don't know how to interpret. Mm -hmm. So we're going to play a game now where the pressure's on me. Virgil is going to give me something, whatever comes to his mind. Okay. And I'm going to have to transition from whatever he gives me to the gospel. Why do we play this game, folks, is very simple. Most of us as Christians feel more comfortable sharing the gospel with people when the conversation gets on spiritual realms. Mm. How do we get there? And so many people are like, okay, I'm just going to pray. Lord, please open up a door. Please make a way for me to share the gospel. I don't pray that anymore. My pastor years ago taught me that I can make any conversation a spiritual conversation if I just learn how to transition from the natural to the spiritual. And it takes practice. The more you practice, the easier it gets. So people see me do this and they go, oh, you make that so easy. You're so good at it. No, I've been doing it for 30 years. If you practice this game on a regular basis for 30 years, you may be better than me. So we're going to have, we're going to see how we do. I'm going to give Virgil a couple of seconds here to, to think about what it's going to be while we play the intro song. It's time now to start the spiritual transition game. All right. So I will not be editing this part out. So if there's long pauses, that's because I got stuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay let get i mean cool. matt flicks giving me words i don't even know what they mean right right uh,
2: you will hear I, I, don't, in a future- I don't know if matt knows what some of his words mean i mean <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if he just makes up the definitions makes, as he goes i don't know i should start checking that that's a that'd be a good yeah, thing to do but you know
1: you know in a future episode of of the rap report todd friel is i have i do have an interview with him that'll come out the week after this one probably and On that one, yeah, he he got me and I was like, where am I going to go with this? (laughs) (laughs) So, Virgil, give me something and I have to take whatever you give me and transition to the gospel.
2: Okay. uh, OU football. Why does everyone go who is sports? That's my favorite, man. That's my cool, that's my team, man. And I shouldn't I should have and expected listen, that. Yeah, if you listen to the Just Thinking podcast, you know that's where I was going to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I should I should have known
1: that it was going to be a football reference. Yeah. College football cuz you guys talk about that all and that it's those first couple minutes of Just Thinking that I go, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> okay. For folks that are regular listeners to Rap Report, you know that I'm basically like pop culture and most sports illiterate okay mm-hmm. i don't do team sports i don't watch football
2: don't watch baseball not basketball i have two sports that i watch
1: tennis and mixed martial
2: arts ah okay that's so a, that's a drastic kind of difference uh, tennis and mixed martial arts
1: well that's what i always thought but here was the thing that it, it ended up like someone was asking me why those two and i and after thinking about it, i think what it is is it, it's an individual sport and i do enjoy watching uh-huh. an underdog come back
2: i got you okay right Okay. I mean, th-
1: there's something about a guy that, you know, you just, you know, someone who can beat Roger Federer when he was at the top of his game. I mean, it's just, it'd be incredible to see someone do that. And you root for the person that's, that is making that, that almost impossible type of thing and look like they can pull it off. And then right. sometimes they actually do. Right. And right. I guess it's just the, the individual sport. And I like seeing someone that either works really, really hard at their expertise, uh, someone like Roger Federer who just, works outstandingly and then you, you end up seeing that there's there is something about that and i think you know when you think about this it, it is something where we, we're there are certain things that we all just naturally are going to uh, be appealed to and and to be drawn to mm-hmm. I like the fact of seeing an underdog win, you know, and, and there's, there are cases where you see something that looks like it could be the most impossible thing and yet someone pulls it off.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You
1: know, I mean, here's, here's an impossible thing in mean, this, this boggles my mind, but here's an impossible thing. The thought of me, if you know me, I mean, the thought of me ever being able to say that I could deserve to go to heaven in any way would be impossible. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know what? I can say that not because of what I did, but because of what someone else did. Mm-hmm. See, see, it wasn't me, but there was someone else that was undefeatable and he took my place. So, so what ended up happening was where I should never have in any way been allowed to be in heaven because I am a wretched, wretched sinner. I've broken God's law. I lie. I steal. I've done so many bad things that it's, there's no way I should be allowed to be in heaven. But God himself came to earth as a man, died in my place, and offers me the forgiveness of sin. And what I need to do is change my thinking. Stop thinking myself as a good person or trusting in my good works, or in my case, thinking that my Judaism was going to save me, that I was born God's chosen people. I thought that would save me, that I was going to heaven just because of that. I had to get lost. I had to realize I was a place where I wasn't automatically getting an immediate ticket to heaven. Because I was Jewish, I had to change my thinking and realize I needed to trust what Jesus Christ did. Hmm. Now, if you notice, that's pretty good, man. I know nothing about Omaha, Omaha State, uh, oh,
2: college football. Yeah, no, that's pretty good. So I had to transition to something I did know, I know something about, <laughs> and then and then you made the, made the kind of analogy of of, of somebody on on a comeback, and then you went from the comeback to how God, how God <clears throat> helped you experience the comeback, right? Yeah.
1: And folks, the thing is this, you can do this. Every one of us can do this. It, it takes practice and it becomes a fun game. I used to do this when I was, work with the youth groups all the time. Hmm. We just throw something out there, a sneaker. And, someone's, you know, and everyone, everyone does a transition and it's going to take five minutes at first. right? But you know what? It, 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 they start coming quicker the more you practice. And the yeah. other thing is, is, you end up realizing everyone has a different way of doing it. Right. I mean, I'm sure that I'm sure if Daryl was here, he would transition much differently. Let let me, let me take a shot and you could ask Daryl if this would have been his, he he would. have. I think Daryl would have said that team, that team is so bad. That's like deserving hell to
2: root for that team. (laughs) 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 We'll have to see if that's how Daryl would transition. He probably probably would have come with something real quick. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, that would be fun. You should ask Daryl how I he would transition. I definitely, need, I definitely need to do. We need, we need to try that on the Just Thinking podcast. I have to. I have to. I have to shoot that idea to him and see what he comes up with. <laughs> that'd be great. That would be funny. So, so,
1: you know, is there anything you want to share, for folks? Uh, whether it be your ministry at the church, the ministry you have with on the
2: streets with the abortion, or with Just Thinking. Uh, anything you want to share with folks? No, I just man, just continue to to pray for for uh, my my dear brother partner partner in the podcast world, Daryl, as he's transitioning. I mean, he's got he's got it rough. You know, he's working for you know rough company with with GTY yeah. now and uh, all that. No, I'm I couldn't be. So more- his boss is going to be Phil Johnson. Like- Phil Johnson will be his <sighs> boss. Yeah, that's got to be rough, right? You know. Yeah. So- <laughs>
1: now he's in a wonderful. So tell place. me. Tell me. You you wouldn't love to just be in that lunchroom sitting there when they, when they're going to have their coffee breaks. Right, right, <laughs> right. Who wouldn't?
2: Right, who wouldn't want to be? Yeah, he should no. just start recording during just, the, like. Okay, let's talk theology, Phil. <laughs> right, right, no doubt, no doubt. No, I'm 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 excited for for Daryl for all that he's kind of doing and. Uh, be praying for him in the transition, and he and just so you know i I kind of gave him an out i said, brother, if, if this is not something that if the just think your podcast is not something that you can continue, let me know man i'm i 'm definitely Robin I have no problem i 'm I'm, I'm good uh, but I, I really love the work that I do here at with the with the local church and 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 Uh, here in Omaha. And so uh, he wants to continue, wants to keep that going. So be praying for us and for that that platform as it continues on. We pick things up uh, here in about a couple of weeks. Uh, We've been running kind of reruns of old shows uh, just so that Daryl can get locked in and and transition uh, into place. But our show picks up i could probably tell you the date here if i just look at look at it uh we pick back up on the 24th of february we'll record uh our episode then uh for that following wednesday so we're excited about that excited to get back live excited to 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 uh to to get in on the on the subject matter that that uh that, that is of interest to the culture and, and that thing that kind of thing but i'm looking forward to that. be praying for him be praying for us be praying for me as i endeavor to do what god's called me to do here in omaha nebraska so appreciate it uh, a bunch appreciate getting a chance to to connect with you as well, brother. this is a long time coming. And uh, man, I'm glad glad we got a chance to to chop it up. And here, listen, I I hope I hope to be more, you know, uh, be on the show more often, man. That's my that's my way of inviting myself back onto the show. So hey, we could
1: do that. You know, I keep I you know I put a I put a post out some time ago in the Striving for Journey Facebook group saying, folks, what do you like better? Do you like it when I have co hosts that we just chop it up, or do you like it when I'm solo? A lot of people voted that they like it when I'm solo, but then everyone else was like, actually, we like the mix because right. there's there's times where because I have different people that come in as co-hosts, so they, they hear different voices, different personalities. Mm. And uh, so I think I'm going to just keep doing that. I'm going to bring people in as co-hosts on a somewhat regular basis and do some solos. And so that's how we're probably going to do yeah.
2: it. Let, let me know, man. You get some subject matter that you think would be fun for us to chop up. Let me know, and I'll, I'll, I'll make sure I devour it ahead of time and I'm a little bit more prepared. We, could just, we can just roll with it. So I look forward to it.
1: All right. Well, we can do that. All right. Well, folks, I appreciate you guys listening in and uh, we will be back next week. Next week should be an interview on discernment with Todd Friel. You do not want to miss that. He had some really, really, really great pointers uh, on how to do discernment. There's few people that do discernment well he is one of them. And so you want to make sure you catch that episode. So please, if you, if you find value in this podcast, would you consider subscribing? That helps. That way you keep listening. But also share it with others. And if you would be so kind, sharing it is great. Leave us a review. It does not help our ratings at all. I know you hear that on all the podcasts. But it sure is encouraging to us to know that we are helping you in any way with these podcasts. If you want to help support us, that would be wonderful because, well, it does cost money to put these things on. You can go to strivingforeternity.org donate to do that. Until next week, remember to strive to make today an eternal day for the glory of God.